All right, so uh, welcome to the another edition of the Lay of the Land podcast, which, as we all know, is the number one rated podcast. Did you guys know that? In Frickies. No, one the U.S. National Association of Podcasts. I told you this the last. Fantastic. Well, number one rated podcast. I know that now. Well, you're not supposed to talk to him. Introduce He's got to go. <laughs> So, uh, welcome to the, the next edition of the, the podcast. So, we have a very exciting show. We actually, this is a history-making show, because this is our first remote recording uh, in the history of the Lay of the Land podcast. So, uh, if you don't know, we're at a bowling alley. It's in Crown Point. Probably the number one rated bowling alley in Crown Point. I would think. I would dare say that. It's a bold statement, yes. I think so. That so, that with the bowling alley pen right here. Um so as you know, the, the fans of the show, which are plentiful, uh, this is a show about Crown Point, anything to do with Crown Point and its history and people that live in it. So we thought that having two local Crown Point legends as our podcast guests um, would be a great, a great show. So two guests here, we have Mr. Bruce Fricky, who was kind enough to let us invade uh, his is uh, establishment. So thank you, Bruce. Thank you for getting dressed up for the show. Thanks, I appreciate that. And then Mr. Tim Heidretter. Uh Thank you, Tim, for, for coming on the show. And um, it's a real you know, pleasure. Although I did say there was a, we do have budget budget to pay you. That was not true. <laughs> <laughs> so, but thank you anyway for That's for, good. I love so. it. I'm very excited about the show. Uh, like I said, I love all things Ground Point. You guys are definitely either everybody knows you your name or they know one of you personally so I know you guys got a lot of great stories to share about Crown Point and the people in it um, so that's kind of where we're at so uh, as we know the co-host is Anthony Anthony Schleter Anthony hello everybody how we doing doing good how was your month it's nice doing anything good. exciting uh, it's a couple softball games yeah, yeah. normal the normal stuff yeah we had the, like business developments and a lot of new businesses coming Always have new stuff. We've had a lot of a lot of grand openings, as, as everybody's aware, if they're watching Facebook and stuff. So, a lot of new business constantly opening up, and uh, a lot of new exciting stuff. Yeah, and there's a lot, as you know, there's a lot more in the pipeline. And so it's almost a daily, a daily thing—a phone call or email about something new and something somebody wanted to come here. So it's definitely a, you know, a place where a business wants to come to, to develop. Sure. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, we also have Adam Graper, Pace Department Leader. Voted the best Pace Department Leader in the city. Very nice to have you, Adam. Or they don't like to give up. That's true. So you don't have a microphone. So <laughs> have We're good. We're going to slash the budget a little bit. And then the brains and brawn behind the podcast. Mary, she's way over there off camera. Want to say hi, Mary? Hi, Mary. How I think. Tell the live studio audience as well. We do probably twice as much as we had before. So we actually have a, You can't see it because we don't have the cameras facing that way. But as we can see, we have a live studio audience. I thought we were uh, audience. We yeah, it was very. Yep, they're all waving. Mm-hmm. They were asked to keep it down and keep the signs. You can hold the signs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so very, it's a very exciting show all around. So, um, so since we're at your home base, Bruce, I guess we'll start with you. Right. right. Yep. Um, so now, were you? You're a lifelong Crown Point guy, right? Oh yeah. Yep. 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 So did you go to Crown Point High School? Or yep. We started. Uh, my dad's families are all from here. Uh, um, my dad's family was farmers out here on the east side of town, and then he married a Bruce triplet. They were from Crown Point, and the Bruces were all from Crown Point. They were originally from Winnipeg. Bruce and Bruce attorneys of law. They were in Crown Point back in the 1800s. Oh, right. And uh, so the Bruce's started here probably before the Frickies did. And I'm not, I don't go quite back that far myself to know. But I know they're out in the cemetery. I make I water their flowers all the time. Right. <laughs> so you're a lifelong Crown Point. So what, what year did you graduate? How, how uh, old 72. I'm 68. I'll be 69. And uh, this is our uh, this will be our 63rd and uh, final year 
Ed Fricky's. Really? Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I heard that. Yeah. What are the yeah. odds on yeah. yeah. Uh, no, this is my last year. I'm going to give it up. Oh, you I figured this was a good day to call it in your podcast. Breaking news that I can say. Yeah, right. I figured I'm going to tell it at Pete's uh, podcast that this is my last year. So everybody knows now this is it for me this last year. You want to come out and have a party or Christmas party or. So I'm assuming Tim's made you a nice lowball offer? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah <laughs> it'll be lowball. You don't want the building, I want the property. Yeah, it'll be a low ball, you I know, know that. You announced that you were going to run for mayor here at Frickies. I did. That's true. So yeah. there's a lot of history behind announcements here. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The night of the caucus, we stopped at Frickies. Right. Uh, we've had uh, mayors come and go around here. The We had Erlenbach that lived about two blocks away down here yeah. back in the, what was that, the 50s? Marvin Erlenbach. Marvin Erlenbach was the mayor. Yep. Right, we got the mayor of Bridgeport, actually, Tim Heifrader, yeah. sitting there. Yeah, so Tim, so you're, you're also a lifelong yeah. Born and raised in Crown Point. So, uh, so you went to Crown Point High School? Pretty sure I did. My dad knew the superintendent real well. So I'm sure, that I got a diploma. I don't know how I ever got it, but I've got one. Does it say like a general mills? I do have a diploma from Crown Point High School. Yeah. Uh, I was born and raised right down the street here, 141 North Grant. Um, is that house still here? Yeah, it's still there. Right. That's where we lived. My, my family was so poor they couldn't pay attention. I mean, they, they just didn't. They, they couldn't put a down payment on a free lunch, but they were good people. I've been waiting to break that one out. <laughs> Trying to keep it clean, Pete. But anyway, uh, yes, I'm from, Frick, uh, I'm from Grand Street, just like the Frickies, and that's yeah. how we met. Yeah. So, Bill yeah. Fricky and I have been best friends forever. And then there was a tag along. His name was Bruce. Yeah. So yeah. you're you're older than Bruce. Oh yeah, I'm 73. Bill 73, and Bruce is 68. So then, how did you guys, how did you guys first meet and start being like childhood friends and hanging out with each other? We're bowling yeah. out here, yeah. probably. Bill and I were in little league together, but I mean there was always the bowling alley. Bruce well, the kids kind of hang around, hung around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All the neighborhood. Because your dad. Yeah, dad started built huts. He bought. He didn't build it. He bought it from a the gentleman's name was George Rasky. He owned it first, and uh, he, my dad bought it in uh, December '59. And it's always been at this, yeah, at this site, right? Yep. Yep. So that's how you guys first met, hanging out here oh, as yeah. youngsters. Now this is Bridgeport, right? And this is the north side of town it's called and Bridgeport and it's a nickname for it right. and they duly named the new park over Bridgeport, Bridgeport I, I think that was I got serious about when I saw the sign we, we put our own sign up there that yeah. everybody probably knows now <laughs> <laughs> we put our own sign up there on this yeah. corner uh, before the base brick and mortar one went up yeah. when right. the brick and mortar went up I tears my eyes yeah this is it's, it's, it's uh, truly now documented Bridgeport Park Right. So, so then you. So, how long? How long was it? At what age then did you kind of like take over the bowling and like it? Uh, responsible for the operations of it. Well, as my dad got older, um, he started going more and more fishing trips up to Minnesota with his friends from around there. I started taking over. I had a degree in electronics, so I was actually that's what I was going to do. But I hung around here. And, Wait, you got a degree in electronics? Yeah. I wonder if the general public Actually, I went to... Put you together with a degree in electronics. <laughs> it was pretty well-renowned, but it was Delpo Tech. It's over in Delpo. Nice. Well, obviously in Delpo. But the Technical Institute was a real old, very old institute. It's not there anymore. It's on the, it was on the west side of Delpo there on 231. Or, uh, yeah. What is that? Uh, it goes into Holbrook. Uh, yeah. Right to where you go across the bridge by rear tracks. That was Valpo Tech. It was a renowned electronics school back in its own day. Radio days. Yeah. So Mike, what were you hoping to do? So you went there, I mean, what was your plan? Well, I was going to probably plan on do something in the electronic field. I got an associate degree. Yeah. So then I just hung around here. Dad was still needing help and he didn't want to really want to run it. Yeah. So about what age was that? I was. 25. Yeah, I'm still going to school over there, 22, 
three, four, five. Yeah. So really, so forty some years. Yeah. This well, has kind of been. It burned out. Uh, my dad died in '82 in January, and it burned down in May. Yeah. So this building was built in '82 with my brother and sister's consent to go along with it. This, yeah. So when did it burn out? '82. '82. So then we rebuilt this facility. Yeah. So this is already forty years old. So. And the bowling alley was on the other side. Yeah, on the old place that both lanes were on the other side. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, this is one of those fires that. And uh, we, point you all. When when Pete said we're number out. one bowling alley, that's because we're the only one right now. The other one's closed. It's not against words. Still number one. Yeah, still number one. Yeah, that's right. But it was nice that it was kind of him saying it. Yeah. Very, very good. So then, all right. So you're you're kind of the developer guy, right? Yes. So how did you how did you did you always know you wanted to do that? How'd you get in that way? Well, when I graduated from high school, I was 17. I couldn't get a job anywhere because I wasn't 18. And right behind Freaky's here, there's an alley. If you go down and up on Goldsboro, there was a sheet metal shop there called Lake Eating and Ventilating. And I went in there and I watched these guys breaking all this metal up and running through these machines. So it kind of caught my attention. I saw the guy hired me to sweep the floors at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, there would be guys working at night, and I just stand there and watch them. And uh, like I kind of like stalker. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, stalker yeah. material. Yeah. And they kind of took a liking to it. And then uh, within a year or so, I was out working with the crews, putting uh, heating and air conditioning systems and housing, new housing. I remember my dad worked in the bank back then, and he says, uh, I, "I'm going to go into business for myself, Dad." And he goes, "Well, what are you going to do?" And he says. There's already seven or eight heating and air conditioning companies in Crown Point here. And I said, well, I'm going to do new construction. That's all I want to do. He says, well, this new construction is going to last. Uh, what year was that? 60, 67, 68. Yeah. He says, this isn't going to last. Uh, he wanted me to be a Luther minister, but I couldn't see so oh, But anyway, so <laughs> after working for them for a couple of years, I started doing side work, and then I started two-car garage over on Clark Street. Uh, uh, I bought the sheet metal brake and some of the equipment that you need to put Pittsburgh and stuff like that on there. And uh, I went into business for myself, Crown Heating and Cool. And then um, over the years, I got to where I went from one employee to over 30 years, I went from one employee to 60. But we did, at the end, we were doing uh, hotels all over the country, traveling around doing cheap metal work on that. But in between, I did a lot of residential around here. Yeah. Uh, did a, I probably put the heating and air conditioning in at least a third of every house out of Lake Seasons. So initially, that was that was just all you. You owned the business, and that was your. You weren't doing any land development. Well, actually, I was because once I built a building to put ground heating in, as soon as I got it up and under roof, somebody wanted. It. Yeah. So I said, all right, well, I'll go build another one. I'll move Crown Heating over there. So I did that about a dozen times. And uh, their final resting place now is over on, uh, uh, down from Phil and Sons or on uh, whatever street that is. But anyway. Summit Street. No, no, take <laughs> Summit and then go north on um, whatever it is. By the old Speedway track. Yeah, yeah, right. But That's anyway, there's a subdivision in there, an industrial park in there, and I developed yeah. that. And it was, uh, it's called Arrowhead Industrial. And my cousin and I, who lived up on the road, uh, Stone Road there to the north of, of this land that I bought, in the spring we'd go, uh, after the heavy rains, we'd go down and pick up, hunt for arrowheads. And I got, I should have brought a collection up, I forgot about that. But anyway, I, I always wanted to, owned some land around there and got a Louie Holmeyer owned it and I bought it from him and then I put the road in there and I developed all those lots and stuff. So you so that's how you because you found so many arrowheads. That's that the property. name of it. Yeah, yeah so that's how you came up. It's Arrowhead Industrial. You're all wondering what more that's a great that's a and great if story. you take Arrowhead back to the first stop sign, yeah. And you turn right, that's Y two K Park. 
I also did that. You didn't even know that, did you? I didn't. There's a lot you got to learn. That's why we're doing a podcast. <laughs> so now wait a minute. As before you turn right, you're in Millennium Park. Yes, right. Okay. So I've got three industrial parks there to touch each other. So you developed Millennium Park too? Oh yeah, all of it. I built almost everything in there. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason everything in there is masonry instead of metal buildings and stuff right. is because John Curley owned Crown Brick over on Summit Street, and he had his own block plant there. Yeah. And. Uh, I told him, I said, you know what, I want, to, I want to do some really nice buildings in here and I want them to be all masonry. He says, well, you come to the right guy. So I, it was in the covenants that you had to have uh, you know, masonry buildings in there, and they all are. Yeah. So yeah. That, would you say that that location, that was your first big development? Because you built, no. developed, like, built buildings and, yeah. and other, you have the Caleb's um, Corner on Broadway. That yeah, much later yeah, then. that was much later. Um, I bought a farm south of town, south of the old Yuki, and I called it uh, Hidden, uh, Hidden Valley. It's right at the dog leg in the road, and if you if you're not looking, it's to the right. So that's why I called it Hidden Valley. You yeah. go right by it. Nobody knew where it was, and there was I don't know, 25, 30 lots in there. <laughs> I, I developed all that. That's the only residential development in. But I mean. I could go on and on and on. You don't want to hear about all that. <laughs> we'll get to um, So obviously, what? So Frankie's has been open for a number of years. You've been here sixty-three. Yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much your entire life in some capacity. Yep. But so, I mean, what? What do you like about? You know, you must get some a lot of enjoyment out of running the business and oh, being sure. in here every day because yep. you are in here every single day. Yep. I mean, what? What? What do you like about? What do you like about coming in there freak Well, I don't know. I just figure it's, you know, I meet a lot, there's a lot of, I've met so many friendships here. You know, everybody comes in and pretty much, I just met and they all become friends. It's yeah. like just hanging out with a bunch of friends most of the time. It doesn't seem like a whole lot of work. Yeah. At times it's a lot of work and at times it's not. A lot of times it is not. Yeah. It's probably why I'm still here. I think Frickie's is one of those, it's your classic, you know, the neighborhood bar. I mean, yeah, obviously yeah, the bowling alley here, but so people have been coming in here for, you know, like you said, 30, 40 years. Yeah. Um, it's, a lot of respects, it's the same. And that's kind of why I was saying this is my last year, because all my all my friends have all gotten older like I have. Yeah. So there's not many around here left anymore. And I think it's just time for me to move on and let you know, younger people take over. and something go with it another direction or whatever well what would you do would you sell the building or yeah you would sell the building yep no <laughs> i'm done with, yeah. with the bar business much less the bowling alley business yeah oh, it's okay. uh you know, i don't know it's that's kind of it in a nutshell um bowling alleys are kind of a tough uh, commodity anymore than golf courses See it close everywhere, and especially bowling alleys. Yeah. Well, I mean, Crown Point, we have obviously a lot of great locations and places to go and hang out. But yeah. there's something special about here because, uh, you know, like I said, it's the same. Well, we pretty much outlive so many, so yeah. many different. Yeah. You know, the other bowling alley has been a bowling alley a long, long time whatsoever. We're also, but yeah. it's also gone through about 12 or 14 owners. Yeah. I think we've yeah, been coming we've been here. I know you've been coming here yeah. since like you're 14. I mean, 21. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not a day before. But since bowling started in the 40s around Crown Point, uh, well, a little before that, um, there's only been two hundred Rasky and yeah, our fans. Because we used to have the, the Katie Lanes up by right. the post office, but that came years, that started years after Frickies was in, right? It started back in the... Uh, 50s, early 50s, I would say. Whenever Kaiser Dunn started. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think one of the best um, things you've done in this establishment is, is you just created an atmosphere where people just want to come and hang out. Yeah. Um, I've never seen any kind of issues going on in here. Everybody kind of comes in, gets along, yeah. talks with each other, whether you know them or not. Well, you're always going to come here and find something, somebody that you know is going to be Yeah. Yeah. Try to keep it local friendly. No yeah. truck, no trouble. Yeah. Everybody's welcome, but 
everybody knows they got to behave themselves. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, you know. Yeah. So if if the time comes where now, what's uh, you're married, right? Right. So yeah. what's what's the uh, what's your wife's name? Dawn. So uh, what's Dawn say about you wanting to get rid of? She just said what Anthony just said. I don't believe you. <laughs> we'll wait and see when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you do if you ultimately? I don't know. So, I'll hang around, but you know, it'd be nice. I see my friend, older friends. You know, they're all starting to head south and go somewhere in the winter time. And, yeah. You know, and I don't have to do it that much. I don't really need to do this anymore. Yeah. But I've always, I've, it's all I have done, and so I'm afraid to leave. Yeah, well, because I, I don't want I, I can't sit at home in a recliner and watch the sun go down. Right. Yeah. So. Well, if you do, I mean, but you know. uh, I had to. I got to pull the pen somewhere because I am getting older, and this is 40 years older on here now. Uh, things are starting to have to be replaced. Like major expenses, you know, rooftop units. Uh, yeah. Um, pin centers are getting very dated. Uh, lanes like these are getting very dated. Uh, the next person I would say should replace them and the lanes. Yeah, extremely expensive. Well, I give you nothing but credit. Like um, I said, this is I've been coming here for a long time, and one of the reasons I like coming here is it's just so yeah. laid back. Uh, we come in and watch, you know, Cubs or Bears or Sox, um, and just have a drink of your choice and just kind of relax and. Yeah, we've known each other for a long time. We've been talking yeah. about that. I, uh, you know, you were, I'm sure most people know that you were the police chief, and I talked to a lot of his retired, either sergeants or yeah. captains or any of them, and they, you know, I knew so many of them. Yeah. I was on the fire department one time, so I knew so many of those guys also that have all retired or gone. Yeah. You know, I saw a lot of them were saying, you know, we just never had to come down here. Yeah. I mean, as a business owner, we never had a call here. We've never had to come down here. You had yeah, no problem. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, I mean, nice. I was always here and make sure yeah. people made, pretty much behave themselves for the most part. Yeah. But I mean, I think being a neighborhood bar too, uh, the patrons kind of looked out for it. So yeah. It felt like it was, you know, it's kind of yeah, their absolutely. place to be. Yeah. So when things got out of hand, they took, they kind of just yeah. took care of it, settled it down, and yeah. things went back to normal. Yeah. I mean, and it's like after a, like a whole high school football game. You know, it's the same people that after the game, and they're going to be filtering in and do their stuff. So, yep. I mean, you have been, a, you know, and Adam and Anthony were a tremendous asset to our business community for a long time. I mean, if you if you say Frankie's, right. even if you don't come here, you know what the person's talking about, uh, the establishment, just kind of the, the history of it, and so forth. So, I can't, I can't thank you on behalf of the city for Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. And there's been a lot of, you know, we said, um, everybody talks about the old, we used to have beach parties there. And stuff. Yeah, I remember the beach and, parties. Uh, yeah. It got so, it got so, you know, people started having their class reunions revolve about around the dates of when the beach party was going to be. Yeah. So, you know, flat, you know, high school class reunions would be out here on the weekends. So how many, how many years have, did you do that beach party? <clears throat> it was about uh, 12, I think. And then what? And then why did ultimately stop? Um, the wrong regime was in charge uptown, and and it, it was getting pretty big, and parking became a problem. Yeah, we're here in a residential neighborhood. Noise became a problem, and uh, people started complaining. And a couple of bad neighbors here and there. So it was really just it became so successful it outgrew. Yeah. Place. And then they, they would kill, and then they, you know, people were coming to the meetings and kind of forcing them up, forcing their hand at the city hall. Yeah. So they made a sound ordinance and stuff, and then that killed. Them. Yeah. There's no more sound after 10 or 10.30, and here comes the police and say, you got to shut it down. Well, for the years that, that it was that, going, that was, yeah. been to the beach. That was the rules. Yeah. That's, they were following the rules that were made, so... So I mean, they killed it. Knows them freaking beach parties. So uh, them chick, Tim took over with buddy and pals out there. They carried it on out there, 
But they were out more in a residential or uh, industrial park area. Yeah. They didn't have as many neighbors like I have right here in this residential yeah. area. And they had lots of parking, so Going they, back they, to the they got away with it. Bruce, with the, you know, your dad, you're talking about the 50s and stuff. So, Tim, you might know, you know, if you look back, and I used to have coffee every morning, Lovey Wise, Gerard, Bob Zott, all the taverns that, especially if Bubby's day, that would exist on oh, yeah. all the corners. Well, Bubba Wise lived down here. His family down here. That, yeah, I mean, it was, was it something that stemmed off of that because of the after yeah. that part of the yeah. neighborhood, or part of the city always had that tavern, corner, yeah. corner right. tavern. Bubba lived a few blocks over over in here. <laughs> you know, they, they say, like Tim could say the same thing, I'm sure. But uh, back in the you know 1800s, the late 1800s, this was the busiest part of town. We had the old yeah, rail two, coming through, right? Yeah, two railroad tracks coming yeah. through. through to Pensy, and that was the E.J. and E. over there where he... Erie. Erie Lake Women. Where he built... Yeah. Where the track lounge is now, that was Kindberg's Tap. So there was a side track there, and work crews on railroad would pull in there, and they'd spend the night there. And there were sleeping rooms upstairs. I think those rooms are probably still up there unless yeah. I got into them. But that was Kindberg's Tap back in the turn of the century. And then over here, uh, where Crown Brick is, right next door, there was a uh, bar, it was uh, Ma Seymour's. An old lady, she ran it, and they called her Ma Seymour. And she had the same thing. There was a side track there, and the workers on the Erie Lake Wana would come in there, and they would sleep upstairs, and they would eat and get liquored up downstairs. All the lumber yards were down there because you didn't yeah. have big trucks then. Yeah, remember all the lumber yards. All the lumber yards were down there. All the uh, all the uh, everything that was uh, to do with commercial activity, coal for everybody's houses, coal yards, the uh, Lumber yards, the oil, all the oil yards were all here. Yeah. For house oil, coal, everybody. So everybody from Crown Point had to converge down here because that's where everything was at. Yeah. And it all came out on these two rail tracks. And there were three lumber companies that roots on one here, one in Hebron, and one in Kels. So when the Penn Central went that way, they would be making their stops, dropping off lumber, coal, whatever. Yeah. But the Root family owns that. I mean, uh, there was Clayton Root, Dave Root, and I forget the one brother's name, Lori Coutts. But, uh, and then uh, this over here was owned by the Henderlong family. Yeah. There was Henderlong Lumber Company there, and it was it had been there since the turn of the century. Uh, I ended up buying that and tearing it all down once. Oh, so. Sorry, Hennerlock family. They worked hard on that. And made Summit Street go through. I made Summit Street go through. He made Summit Street yeah. go through. A lot of people don't know that. I didn't know that. He's instrumental making Summit Street well, go through. Well, I was real instrumental. And, because yeah. their lumberyard was just sitting there. Nobody wanted to buy it. Everybody was afraid to death of it. So I bought the Tim lumber company in there and bought and the ready mix plant. So then the city came to me. The city says, okay, you tear down those silos, the concrete silos and get that ready-mix plant out of the way, and we want to bring Summit Street through here. Is it kind of what it is now? Is that kind of how you envisioned it taking off, like the industrial park? Oh, yeah. We're talking, you know, between so, Indiana and Broadway is what we're talking about. Is that where you, connect, is that where you connected it from or from Main Street? No, I connected to Maryville Road. Maryville Road. Maryville Road. And, and, Mar and connected it from there to Crown Brick. Because he used to go down Foot Street, where Henry along the hardware was, right on the lumber yeah. company. And then you would go left, and then you would oh, go around yeah. a, a curve there. Well, we made it all straight. It's almost like a maze going through yeah. the park, right? Yeah. 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 I would say it's probably the main thoroughfare in Crown Point. Well, on the north side. East-west. Yeah, yeah. the north yeah. side. Yeah. Absolutely. It's worked out well. Well, we thank you for doing that. So well, you're welcome. I believe informally it's called Hybrid or Boulevard. You guys have been friends for how long? What would you say? 62 years. 62 years. Yeah. So you obviously know a lot about each other. So what? what's like one story that you can tell <laughs> about Bruce? Let him tell the first story about me. All right, and then I'll see if I owe him anything. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a lot of what's, fun. Yeah, We've yeah. had a lot of fun here for all yeah, these years. God almighty. Well, I, I can tell a couple of the real bad ones, but I won't go there. <laughs> but we want to make Mary's editing job easy, so. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, he was a great. Uh, he was great for. I don't know how you put it. Uh, cleaning up the neighborhood when you needed something cleaned out, and it was cheaper to burn it rather than uh, haul it away. Oh. <laughs> so you want a demolition company? Yeah. Off the books. Way off. There was like a half an acre worth of trees. But I don't know that officially, but uh, the rumor had it that, uh, and uh, plenty of the locals were all on the same page as I well, was. Well, Bullock was in on it with me. He piled everything up yeah. before we All the locals pretty much on the same uh, <laughs> well, back then you have. All right. Back then, Brayer was the guy that okay. did all the cleaning. Henry Lund Lumber had this gigantic building. It was yeah. maybe 30 foot tall, maybe three, four, 500 foot long. And it had this big black asphalt roof, rounded roof, barrel roof. So I went to the city of Crown Point and I says, hey, I want to I want to put this thing on the ground and I want to burn it right there. Oh, you can't do that. You just can't do that. You can't. Well, today you could never do it. You definitely could. Okay. So I ended up, I went and bought an oxygen mask. I made a big donation. It was cheaper to do that than to haul it off. So we set that on fire and they were there for seven eight days watching it even when it was smoldering because then all the neighbors they didn't know it was coming and probably at that point in time i got a bad reputation <laughs> a little bit a little bit so when was that it had to be in the 80s somewhere in the early 80s well yeah a lot of practice started fires before that <laughs> <laughs> Get him out of here. <laughs> so we'd have to have our everybody in the crowd can do the internet research, go back to the local, whatever newspaper was out there, the Star, whatever covered the fire, whoever covered the fire. Gary Post. Gary Post, yeah. Look at the archives and see if you can post it on our. Well, and then I didn't get the okay to set another one down there on oh, fire, but I knew that it wasn't close to anything. Remember, this is 40 some years ago. Nobody cared. I mean, there were no houses right by what we were doing, basically, maybe a couple. But, uh, but you got experience in We cleaned up all that down there, and if we hadn't, it'd still be sitting there, I think. Right. He's cleaned up a lot of areas in the town. Yeah. I, I like tearing things up more than I like putting back up. Yeah. I just, in my next life, I'd like to be a demolition contractor. So, well, you're still thinking of so are you you're are you still in the belt the belt game or you, oh yeah. yeah you see yourself so, ever retiring i don't know some days i wish i got hadn't gotten in as deep as i am but uh no i love what i'm doing right now i'm building a, a big office building on the corner of uh, summit street Maribel road for attorneys that are moving here from sherville yeah. wodromanek and novacek um i just you go down here to anderson street and turn right you go about a block and a half, and on the left, there's three uh, small lots there, and they're all zoned I-1, which I found out. So I went and I purchased those, and I've just spent the last couple weeks cleaning that up. I don't know what I'm going to do there, but uh, there's an alley behind it, and so I've got Anderson Street and the alley behind it. So it, it, I have opportunities to study there, especially with the zoning. Okay. Uh, I once had a premium right now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, there's no I one zone. There's lots around in this. Nothing left. Yeah. And I'm trying to get something going over here on the old Crown Point Lumber Company. I'm trying to work another over there. Uh, that's another eyesore trap's been here for yeah, yeah. ever. They'll have half the roof and that's caved in. Yeah, it's been sitting there for thirty years. Yep. But we're uh, working on that. And uh so now, do you have a, a similar threshold story about Bruce back in his <laughs> younger days? I don't know whether it was Bruce on the roof. Every time there would snow, we'd get a wet snow, Bruce and his buddies would all be up on the roof. And every time a squad car went back by, they pounded the snow. So there was a parking lot here or somewhere around here. But there was a big pile of snow next door. And I'll never forget, Bruce's dad came up there. Mike Farley was on the roof. And he 
yelled at Mike, what are you doing up here on this roof and everything? And old Mike, he jumped off the building. Well, we didn't do this. I don't know. We had the squad cars. We had a lot of cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was great hiding up there because they yeah. throw in. Where, they, where the hell did they throw that snowball from? You know? <laughs> well, we're, <laughs> we're 12 feet above them. Right. And then all of a sudden, the one day that we got caught up there, because we, we always knew to stay off the flat roof. That's where the tavern was. Here's pecking around up there. We're over on the bowling alley side usually. And uh, one of these guys that worked at Nipsco, his name was Steiner, and he came climbing up the weather, had an electric service, and he came up there chasing us up there on the roof because we had hit him. Yeah. And he come chase us up on the roof. We all scattered, you know, and so we started yeah. and he started running across the tavern roof, and then my dad heard us, and then he came up there. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> he got uh, a couple of. I believe I, I told you guys to stay off this roof, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, I know, Mr. Freaky, I'm leaving. One of the <laughs> stories, and I guess, well, I don't know if it's true or not, but it's kind of a, a legendary story about the typewriter family yeah. is that your dad once had, what's the connection between your dad and the old courthouse? Was oh, it your dad? A big connection. There's a picture of it right there I brought you. Have that for your office or whatever you want. Um, my dad worked across the street at First National Bank for 45, 50 years. No, that's that's not on the corner. That's it's it's where the it's where the pawn shop is now. Okay, uh, on the east side. And uh, when he retired, he was 70 years old. He'd be 115 now. So it was 45 years ago. And uh, but he went across the street and he got to looking around in it. Needed a lot of work. The roof needed to be all fixed and everything. So yeah. he got a bunch of people in town interested. You know, there's always those people that hate to see anything tore down. I'm a complete opposite. But he found those people. Plus, he worked the bank all those years, and he knew people with money. So he'd get donations and stuff. And you know, he says, "Hey, let's let's see if we can't save this." So the county was going to tear it down. They had eighty thousand dollars earmarked to tear it down, haul it off, and then they were going to put a big parking lot or just a parking. So he went to Rudy Bartholomew. He was the uh, commissioner at that time. And he says, hey, Rudy, uh, you know, you guys are getting ready to tear that down. I think I've got a group of people interested in saving it. And Rudy says, oh, really? And he says, yeah, well, he says, my dad Wilbur, he says, well, you know, Rudy, you've got 80,000 earmarked to tear it down. You can't tear that down and haul it off for 80,000, you know? He says, you're right, you're right. And he says, what, what do you want to do? says, I'm going to put this uh, non-for-profit Lake Courthouse Foundation together, which still exists and runs it. And for a dollar, I'm going to give you a dollar, Rudy, and you're going to sell sell me that, and you're going to give us the 80000 which was risky because, you know, you were dealing with these commissioners up here, and they probably had a way to get it, some of that 80000 but they didn't. So then uh, the roof needed to be totally redone. So my dad knew this old uh, German Lutheran from uh, Town and Blank. His name was Bill Mueller. He was head of Town and Blank in Michigan City. And he got over, called him, and he says, Hey, uh, I want you to come over here and look at this roof. Well, if you look at that, the, the, there's a big steeple in the middle. And they had to get steeple jacks eventually to come in there and repair all that up there, which there's only 11 of them in the United States. They kind of like hang from a cloud. I don't know how they passed themselves up. But anyway, they took the 80,000. Town Blank says, give us the 80,000. We're going to work on it. We'll get the whole roof changed. We'll get it dried in. Well, 236,000 on top of that, it was all done. And Town Blank picked up the tab for everything. No kidding. Yeah, that was before no Franciscan and Town Blank was just Wilbur and him were buddies. And, uh, at that time, then he started working on each of the offices in there. He got people to donate all kinds of time to go up there, redo the the hard uh, the hardwood floors and the marble floors and uh, stuff like that. And it is what it is now. Everything's really done now. Yeah. So, so was there was there anything in the courthouse? Was it being used for anything? At that no, time? they just they just closed a year before that and moved out north. Yeah. So there was nothing. No. No, no offices. Or no. Just sitting there. What year is that, Jim? I'm going to say it was 1975. Yeah. But, okay, now, like, when that when that was in, in its heyday, 
were a lot of famous people got married there. Oh yeah, where the marriage was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cassius Clay. Yeah. Yep. Rudolph Valentino. Yeah. Um, some vice president of the United States, I can't remember which one it was, but a lot of people would go there. It was a marriage mill because they could come get a license and they didn't have to have a blood have blood work done to get, right. get married. And then across the street, there was an old JP, his name was Harvey Mines. He happened to be my great uncle. And uh, you go over there and with your license that you got there, you go right across the street, you get married, you get hitched right there. And, a done deal. You didn't spend an hour, two hours getting getting that and getting married. So that's why it was called the marriage bill. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you ever think? I mean, that's what Crown Point is. You think Crown Point is so important? So, oh, yeah. I mean, do you ever do you ever think about man of history and taking a different path than your dad had not stepped up and yeah, you know, you, you, you see it where county. you go to certain places. You know, yeah, you see a square and you see, you know, there were probably a courthouse there or something. But it's torn down it's just a park yeah so i, I never knew that to be true and i definitely and didn't know about the you think, God, enormous God, work and God. big donation oh, town of blanks so made up to million anyway and then of course the county had given over the eighty thousand, so that went a long way back in 1980 or so, 75 1975. so it's from that point that it was actually became the property and owned by the Courthouse Foundation. Lake Courthouse Foundation. So they've been in charge of it since the yeah. mid-70s. Yeah. But yeah, you just think anything in history, you just think of it would have went in a different way. Right. I mean, yeah. Just Imagine if it, was, if it wasn't there right now. I mean, you know, it's become a symbol of the town. Yeah. I mean, everything. You just look how everything connects. I mean, your family's been here forever. It's, I'm sure Pete, you grew up here. My family it goes back to the guys since the Ewers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody's yeah. somehow, yeah. it's funny that you said, well, that was my uncle here. It's everybody's. Yeah, uh, right. You stay here long enough, you kind of like, I don't know if we're related to us. I don't know if they you date. You've been here forever. Yeah. This <laughs> 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 genealogy here to figure out who. But, you know, sure, looking sure. back on how everything connects back and how this network of just, it's called good people. Just say, hey, I got a little bit of coin. I got this. I'm going to help out for this. And it comes together. And then something, something, Something cool happens. Something, you know, comes, something, something, something comes, comes together from it, from everybody putting their, yeah. you know, leaving their you know, personal side behind and just doing the common good kind of stuff. I think you've seen that back a lot. I've heard stories from my grandfather, you know, going back and how you know, picked up your neighbor, you friends with him, and even if you were competing, you know, we always work together and all yeah. that's kind of gone. And uh, you build these friendships and friendships that people leave from generations to generations. Yeah. 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 Like this. I mean, just. Tim's dad, just, okay, uh, Mary, this is going to happen, and he stepped up and, put, I mean, literally changed the, yeah. what would be the course of Crown Point. Yeah, that's what that one could have. Probably never, never foresaw that. The dad was very well respected. There was only two banks in town, First National Bank and Commercial Bank. Yeah. It's neat seeing, even if you look at the local history books, the local most name and repeat and tie back to never. Yeah. I mean, because I, I grew up right next door to the old homestead. It's a parking lot now, but that was my family house. So going up to the square, that was like a big deal. Uh, so like the news agency there, my dad, yeah. would, I mean, middle school, my dad would send me up. Did you go back to back up? I stayed down. Did you go to Tipton's grocery store? Where was that at? Right next to Blanchard's record store. <laughs> I do remember the record store. There was a bank. Yeah. There was a Christian reading room in a liquor store. Oh. Got my, next door to me. <laughs> got me in my towel home, that liquor store, and then there was a Christian reading room. Yeah. Get off his Christian literature. And then there was Don, or not Don Tipton, but his dad. Jerry, um, but it was Tipton's grocery store. Right. I mean, they sold odds and ends and a lot of produce. Yeah. Then there was Blanchard's record. Then there was Jim Clark's sports shop. Then there was the Lighthouse. I but remember the lighthouse was a sportsman's club, and it had, and it still does, had two lanes in the in the basement bowling out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I owned that once. You did? Oh, that was an experience. I remember when it was a lighthouse. Yeah. Well, I, I bought it at, at a sale, and turned it into the courtyard. And then when I got into it, uh, I got in the basement, and uh, there's two bowling alleys down there. They're all covered up with with wood because yeah. they were storing everything in the bar. 
on top of it, but uh, that was the sportsman's club. And then across the street, obviously, there was a little restaurant, which is great hamburgers. And then there was Seaburger's um, hardware store. Well, obviously, the squares <laughs> went through a lot of transformations to yeah. kind of the era you guys were talking about. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, my the early 80s. And then, I mean, at one point, it was, whether it was factual or not, uh, you know, it was either an antique store or a bar. Yeah. Um, and so, how have you guys, I mean, where it's at now, the square, with what has been brought in over the last, you know, decade, the restaurants, yeah. the atmosphere of it. I mean, what do you guys, I don't care what you guys, you do not care. There's nowhere to park. Well, but isn't that, it's, there it's a, means the square is always busy. It's always busy. There's just too many people in this town anymore to drive around. You can't drive around this town. You want to park your parking stall, you go around the square for maybe five times, you might find it. Otherwise, you have to find an adjacent parking stall. And I'm area, and I got no problem with that. Right. I'm not going to go do that. Right. I'm going to go to the outskirts. I'm going to go to Whitehawk. I'm going to go to Broadway, uh, Fahrenheit. I'm going to go to Buddy Pals. I'm going to do something like that. But Frickies. Crown Frickies, of course. Frickies go go. But uh, <laughs> the Crown Point is rocking. Right. I mean, those those guys up there on that square, they are doing well, and I'm happy for it. Because they've taken, they've got a big investment up there. I think that's what people forget, is that, you know, like the, the construction going on right now, I mean, that's a major capital investment oh. that somebody's putting in to the downtown. Yeah. And you don't know, you, you don't know if it's going to take off or if it's not, but the capital investment is there. Somebody somebody said the bowling alley sold uh, I heard it now it fell through or something. Oh, oh you're talking about the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of uh, the rumors out there that the city had purchased the, the, the bowling alley, which is not true. We have not purchased the bowling alley. But uh, I'd heard it was sold, but I didn't. I didn't hear that the Super Bowl. What, I, what I'm putting out there is I oh, think. There uh, we go. <laughs> I think uh, if we can get Michael Schlag to listen to this, we could get him and the mayor talking. And do a little land swap. First time he's leaning into the mic. <laughs> I'll make sure Michael uh, from Centier hears this. <laughs> yeah. Well, that could be freakish too. Oh, right? No, no, no. Oh. no the parking lot to the city. Oh, the parking lot. Well, I mean, if you no. know, with the East Street you parking, have, you, have, you guys saw the parking expansion we've done yeah. on East Street? Yes. yes. That's great. I can't believe how many cars you get in there where those two houses came down. It's yeah, really just nice. north of the library. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, day we, the day we opened that lot, it was full. Yeah, so yeah. the straight room we've added. Great If you had the bowling alley and you had the Chase Bank, you tore it up. Yeah. Crump would be set for 20 years. But but take out Centier Drive-In, that's 1960. <laughs> The city owns a lot across the post office, right across in their nice right. branch there. They can put a beautiful little drive-in, and then the city could have that nice big lot where it's wasting all the room where the drive-in is for sent here and put a beautiful yeah. parking lot. I think we we're trying, I mean, that's, you know, thanks for the input there, but I think it was uh, like the partnership between, you know, the vibrance of the square and everybody that, you know, how many citizens go there. A lot of them are from out of town. They just come here just for the square experience. That the partnership with the city is that, okay, we can't, how we can we increase the amount of parking spaces that we have? Because you're right, the number one thing is parking and traffic. No better location would be right where that center driving is. <laughs> right behind the square. It's right there. Yeah, it would be. It's You're point right. blank zero. And that drive up takes up so much room for so little. Yeah. Yeah. But it is privately owned. It is yeah. privately owned. So, and we are working uh, in a nice land swap between though. the municipal uh, parking lot and the post office. Trying to totally change, tearing stuff down. But your point's well taken. It's nice land swap with the corner lot that Schweitzer cleaned out, the grounds all cleaned out. Yeah, the corner lot there. So, what we've done is yeah. we've added 147 new parking stalls um, just on East Street, right? Oh, yeah, that's great. It's so, nice. Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, the square is, you know, in that Bullock Park. Because one of the things, you know, is, uh, also is good about Crown Point is the amenities. I mean, people just want to 
you know, they want good streets, good schools, you know, low crime, they just want to live their life. And, but they also want to have nice amenities that they can participate and go to if they choose to. So oh, it's great. You have baseball parks out here that are just absolutely beautiful. Yeah, baseball parks out here. You look at Bulldog Park. Snowballs and cop cars. Now there's other stuff to do. Yeah, there wasn't anything to stuff. do then. I was out of trouble. Transition, you know, and stuff. I mean, we we played out over there at the Little League Field when we were kids. You know, yeah. One field, the rest were all out there in the practice high school football field. There's hardly any dirt on yeah. the other extra fields. I was sharing. Uh, we had the old Babe Ruth Field. That was it. The old Babe Ruth Field. Yeah. I was well, sharing with everybody uh, in our days. <laughs> Doing a project at the Cal Ripken, or the, yeah, the Cal Ripken field, and I was sharing it with them that that, that raised was the municipal lot that's raised that used to be the juvenile detention center, and they, they would overlook what was the B minor field, and they had no clue that that building had ever even was there. Did you play there when the juvie center or yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Spent some time. Well, you know, Indiana Penal. Did you play at the Little League Field when the juvenile center was there? No, I believe that was that was. The no, but the park, I don't believe there was a parking lot that did come before or after. You used to have to come in on West Street there and kind of cut, you know, through the middle I think when I was there, they had maybe two fields. No, they had three. They had T-ball. Oh, dangerous. Okay. Years ago, that was Panther football. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. To go back to some more history over here for those ballparks over here, over the uh, Babe Ruth Field. No, the over on the, over by North Street. Sports for all the girls in the in the whole complexes. Sports yeah. yeah, that all really started from a guy that's never got any credit from for Tom Caldwell. Yeah, and his name should be over somewhere in that park because he's the guy who instigated that thing. Day one, years ago, he got the Army Corps engineers to come over there and level some of that ground. And he made a couple of those temporary girls' softball fields because he was, loves girls' softball. And he got that all started over there by himself. So was the there Army anything there? Nothing. Was it, just a, it was just It was all owned by the city, a lot of it, because that's when the, the old the sewer plant, they, they drew all their waste back there on that property. In there and start cleaning it out with the Army Corps engineers to start all that over there. And then uh, actually, it was me and he drug a bunch of us out of bars and helped um, uh, <laughs> Jack Larson own yeah. the bar, Tom, Tom uh, Parks. We were all over there helping him uh, uh, put up his first chain link fences on the two girl softball fields. So that we, was, uh, it was we drilled, drilled, first. Drilled, drilled the holes in there for the fence posts, set them. And then we were all out there helping pull chain, put the fences up on the home run fences. There's a couple of fields out there. Was Wolverhampton out there yet? Right, still? yes. Wolverhampton. But that originally started from the girls' softball with Tom Caldwell being the whole, he was the whole chain, even the whole inscrutable yeah. thing. You know who else was real big in that, who helped Tom? Was Don Heffner. Yeah. Don yeah. Heffner was out there all the time. Yes, he was. Was that when the, the football, was it being used for a football field? No, no, that was no. Being, this was before. This was just over there off of 113th, the softball was there. Yeah, they had the Panthers over there on 109th. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, small facility. Great space. For, but uh, that all of a sudden, you know, someday his name should be recognized. Or, yeah. It wouldn't be there without him, and he started it all. And he started those fields. He was killed in an accident. 231 in Iowa, right? Where that there's been a lot of accidents here through the years. Yeah, this is 25 30 years ago, he got killed. Yeah, right. No, I, I never, I thought Tom the original Paul. use was the Panther football. Yeah. No, no, so with the girls' softball, he, he started the whole thing. Yeah, and he had no money or anything, he just, it was all donated. He got the donations yep. from the Army Corps engineers yeah. come out there and start leveling the ground. Yeah. So yeah, and it was grassroots. He started on his own. He yeah, came over and got guys out of the bar, helped yeah. put fences up, and that goes what we were talking about. Is just take that one person, yeah. point, something yeah. good. I uh, want to do something. And really someday good. his name should really be recognized. Over. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, my dad. Yeah. Did, did you know that? I did. Yeah, no, he no, is, I know no. Don's got a man. man uh, you can ask. Yeah. 
Uh, I was there with him and I saw Tom Parks, he's not here yet, Jack Pettit, both are land or bar owners, but they, they dragged some guys out of the bar and we would go over and help him yeah. get things going. It's a good way to get things done before they got liquored up. Yeah. Let's go back to Frankie's. Bring a barrel of beer, drink some beer while you're doing over there. So have you guys, as far back as your history is, have you guys ever worked on like a project together? No, I don't think so. When he rebuilt this place, I put the heating and air conditioning in. Other than that, I don't think so. Is that why it never really works for <laughs> <laughs> It's always cold in here. Cold or hot. Warranty's over. But you've never, even like, not maybe a, you know, for-profit endeavor, but just like uh, something like, no. No. Still time. Yeah. There's sure. still well, time. We'll, we'll wait I'm retired. Sells the place. I'm retired. I'll help him out. Uh, Jack all trades, you know, I can about do anything you want to be to help out. Uh, That's true. So speaking of, so I, we have kind of a list here of, uh, Mary, do you want us to go through kind of what we have coming up? Uh, so Mary's like, yes, please go through the list that I typed up for you. So I don't know if you guys, um, you guys, this the Halloween egg hunt, have you guys ever been to the Halloween egg hunt? No. No. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> so we have that uh, Monday, October 24th at 5 p.m., uh, 5.30, my ear. Uh, so it's a well-attended, hundreds and hundreds of kids. We have, I always thought, how do we come up with a Halloween egg hunt? It's like, it's like, it's like Easter. That's something like Bruce would come up with. Hey, Tim, <laughs> sit in here for a couple of hours. <laughs> I have a great idea. Uh, but that's anyway, that's very well-attended. Well, very well and then we have the pumpkin walk October 29th, and then the only but the goody trick or treating on actually on Halloween found us on rain or shine. Um, so let's probably have some of the events come. Did you guys go to October? Do you go to Bulldog Park? Any of the events at Bulldog Park? No, I don't. Yeah, I've been down there a little bit. That, more, more when it first started, not, not speaking of the last year or so. So it's all the summer concerts. It's all so crowded. Like it's pretty crowded. Well, we tried some different. We did uh, women's roller derby. Yeah. That's Roger Olenkamp's daughter was in there. Really? Yeah. They were fantastic. And then we get national comedians come out and come That was really good. That was great. They did too. We gave a lot of dirt for her too. Well, six pack. But we're trying to find those niches, you know, the single one, the beer and the drinking business for everybody. Well, you guys are doing a great job. Right. I mean, Crown Point is really humming. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is. And it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah, um, with the sports facility and the Bulldog facility. Yep, without doubt. Yeah. Yes, it's, it, it does bring family stuff together, especially at Bulldog Park. There's plenty of things to do down there for... That's what I've always said. That multitude of, multitude yeah. of different... You don't have to You don't have to leave Crown Point if you don't want to. Right. You have a family and everything's here for you. You got yeah. the sports, you got dining, you got you know, all the entertainment, you got everything that you want. You don't have to go to another community to experience anything. Yeah. So, and you know, like I was giving an interview today and you know they're like, how do you define Crown Point? And it's you know it's, it's hard to explain, but it's you know getting larger population wise, but it still has that smaller sense of community with all the, the festivals and hometown and then you can't you have to come to the downtown square and experience it. Yep. Just, just yep. all the history of the jail and the, the notorious history with the jail. Um, so it's just, you know, very biased, but it's a great community. So, um, sure it has been. So I can't thank you guys enough. Been. Part of the, you know, all the fans of the show. Uh, part of the show is uh, all the guests have to bring something for the drop table. So they're always displayed, displayed in the background. Uh, we all have graphics because they're graphics department. This airs. Yeah. Really nice graphics in the background. Is this open, Bruce? Is this like no. <laughs> um, well, I figured Bruce, thank you very much. For this would be a, it's a brand new bowling pin. It's never been hit. Yep. Oh, we'll have Especially it's our last year. It will be a, yeah. a true relic someday. we so. got to get a sharpening of that sign. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you guys can both sign it. That would be great. Uh, so thank you very much, Bruce. Yeah. Thanks for having me.
And then Tim, you brought uh, the picture of that, the... That picture hung in my parents' hallway from uh, somewhere in the 60s. And uh, you know, when we broke down my dad's house, I took that. It's been... I've never hung it up anywhere. So you're welcome to have it. Oh, that'll definitely be hung up. I'll hang that up in my it's office. It's heavy. It's real heavy. It's got a wooden... Plus it comes, it comes from the guy that started old foundation. Yep. Yeah, good point. Yeah, it was in his, it was in his hallway. So that's a true relic. Yeah. I can't, that's a, that's a great thing. Yeah, that's great. So appreciate that. Thank yeah, you so much. So I thank you for the crowd, uh, that you guys were very well behaved. So yes, they were. Yeah. <laughs> so thank there's, you for that. There's right. Radar. There's, there's Radar. Radar. There oh, he is. Yeah. There's Radar. So, uh, he was my, uh, one of my teachers at Taft Middle School. Yep. Well, Taft Junior High. That's right. Might as well. Uh, so thank you again. So it's been a great October edition of Lay of the Land podcast. And this will be released the third Tuesday of the month, which is what the, uh, on the spot, I believe it's the 18th. Mary has no idea. Just the 18th. She checked out a long time a week, ago. A week, a week before election day. Yeah. 18th. 18. So, uh, so today's, look today to, is a month. We will look forward to this release. So, thanks, thanks for letting us use your space. Really? Yeah, thanks for being here. Great show. So, until next time, everybody take care of yourself and uh, be kind to one another. So, we'll see you in November. Thank you. You've been listening to Lay of the Land with Crown Point Mayor Pete Land and Chief of Staff Anthony Schleter. If you like what you heard today, Come hang out with us on the third Tuesday of every month. Lay of the Land is available on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time.